everyone. This is Amanda Borchel Dan. And I'm Jessica Steinberg. Your host for Times Will Tell. A weekly podcast from the Times of Israel. Hey everyone, it's Jessica Steinberg from Times Will Tell, and I'm in Butler, the cozy, intimate bar tucked into the back of Bellboy, one of the six bars in the legendary Bellboy Hospitality Group. Bellboy and Butler are in Tel Aviv, and Butler is has this 1920s-era vintage wallpaper, spotted mirrors behind the bar, tin ceilings in other parts of the bar. And I'm speaking with Bellboy co-founder Ariel Laysgold, one of Israel's 50 most influential figures in hospitality, who won the title of Israel's Bartender of the Year nine times and won several international bartending awards. And he is here with us. Hello, Ariel. Hello. Hello, Jessica. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. So, You have an interesting background in the hospitality industry. You started out as a teenager being a waiter for a catering company in Beersheba, where you lived, I believe, at the time. And you ended up becoming this world-class bartender, binding together cocktails and the world of hospitality. Now, I'm wondering if that was the game plan. No, it was never the game plan. It was actually, you know, if you would ask my parents, the game plan would be for me to be a dentist or something terrible like that. Terrible. Horrible. Because your parents, as I know, are both medical professionals, correct? Correct. Yeah, they're both, uh, they both uh, went down the right path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, if, if you would ask them, it would be whatever was expected of me growing up in an uh, old school Ashkenazi home. Firstly in Beersheba, then we moved to Givatayim, which is uh, close to Tel Aviv. Uh, yeah, but it was always something like uh, working in hospitality always meant being the black sheep, even even okay. after many years in hospitality. But you did say that your parents were hospitable people. Absolutely. Right? You know, it was kind of like the paradox for them, because uh, on one hand, they were not expecting me to go into, into the world of hospitality, bartending, waitressing, uh, later on becoming a business owner, etc., in the field. However, you know, every time I, every time I look back uh, at my childhood and my uh, boyhood, I have them to thank for giving me those values, for giving me all the the ins and outs of hospitality and of uh, connection with people, etc. So it wasn't their plan, but they were kind of like gunning for it, even without knowing so. Right. And I think you might have mentioned to me in the past that, you know, vodka wasn't uh, something that wasn't known to be on, on the tables. <laughs> well, just like, you know, any old-fashioned Eastern European uh, immigrant uh, table. Our dining room table was always filled with all kinds of booze and mayonnaise. (laughs) You know, so not to wear out the cliche, but, you know, this was the case. They were both very hospitable, both worked really, really uh, long hours, but still had to, had the time or, or found the time was very important to them. To, uh, to be hospitable, to have always people over. Uh, we, always were, we would always discuss the size of the, li- of the living room, you know, wherever, where, whether it would be us moving uh, house and, uh, and then we needed to discuss, okay, is this living room enough for us to have the, the, you know, the, the minimal amount of people that we wanted to have? Or uh, going away and visiting some friends and on the way back home after gossiping, part of the gossip would be the size of the living room 
room and the quality of hospitality, etc. So you learn from people who really knew what they were talking about when it comes when it comes to hospitality. Absolutely. I remember this one night I was in the military service and uh, my friends and I uh, during this one weekend I invited them over and we had this like you know like a real booze fest. The whole the whole night we would drink and and then uh, play cards and whatever and. So it's like 7 a.m. On, on a Saturday morning. My mom comes down from, you know, from upstairs and she sees myself and a bunch of other guys in the living room. Well, not, you know, basically, you know, really drunk. And she would get so upset with us. And at first I thought she would get up. She got upset because, you know, we were drinking and we were drunk in our living room, etc. But then it dawned on me she was upset because I didn't serve anything to eat. <laughs> it was like seven seven a.m. and my mom would fix breakfast for the for for me and the guys, and she would say, wow. "Listen, you know, if you go out drinking, you need to eat. Otherwise, you get really really wasted." That that's that's a mom teaching her son how to behave in the world out there and how to be hospitable. Uh, that's a good story. That's a good story. Okay, now you opened your first bar, I believe. 223, correct? Was that the first one? Yeah, we opened 223 in 2007, 2008. It was the first ever cocktail bar in Israel. Right, when Israelis still preferred vodka with Red Bull, correct? That, that was like the favorite drink in those times. Not by you, of course. You know, it was a complete uh, desert in the field of cocktails and, and drinking in general. Uh, the public back in the day was very, very old-fashioned, very limited, very square, uh, very set on its ways. Uh, so yes, uh, back in the day, whether it be vodka and Red Bull or sweet white wine, uh, uh, other other brands which were which were you know quite popular back in the day, uh, but it was like very, very minimal. Uh, with respect to the range of of how open people would be back in those days. What did you do? How did you change their minds about what is a cocktail? How did you even show them, explain to them, get them to try your concoctions? How did you get them to walk in the door? A few things. One, back in those days before, this was pre, you know, the the, uh, internet, of course, was already a thing, but it was pre-Instagram. It was like the early days of Facebook, it was, you know, the the, the uh, in order for us to one primarily get educated on the field, we would literally have to read books, uh, which is something that you know is uh, very rare these days. We would read books, we would travel, uh, we would really uh, 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 research the old-fashioned way the field, and uh, New York City was very big and and was the I would I would say the first to 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 arrive with respect to the mm-hmm. renaissance of, of, of cocktails in the early 2000s. Right. A legendary bartender called Sasha Petarsky uh, opened Milk and Honey in, uh, mm-hmm. in New York City, which was like the pioneer of uh, cocktails on the international scene. And later on, uh, also in New York, uh, a bunch of um, New York uh, bartenders opened um, Employees Only, which is also... Uh, uh, around to this day and uh, is also one of the world's uh, most legendary bars and those few bars opened in New York and later in London uh, were the beginning of uh, the mm-hmm. renaissance of cocktails global and so 
it was myself and a few other uh, uh, Tel Aviv bartenders, and uh, we were making, we were kind of like uh, beginning our, our uh, journey in uh, the, the Tel Aviv bar scene or the Tel Aviv cocktail scene. We were, we wanted to create it, and then we, you know, we took we took inspiration from employees only, from Milk and Honey, from other mm-hmm. uh, bars of the time, and we uh, launched Two Two Three, and we, you know, we we set we set on the way uh, that it would be the mecca or the house of the Israeli cocktail. Okay, so what is now, all these years later, when cocktails are served on, you know, obviously in many bars, on many restaurant menus, and of course, you guys are, you know, you're at the center of the cocktail renaissance. What is Israeli then about Bellboy or about Butler or about your cocktail, your cocktail making and your cocktail hospitality. Is there anything specifically Israeli about it or Tel Avivi? I would say that everything that we do, we try to be, we try to put Tel Aviv in our DNA and we try mm-hmm. to be, as we say, Tel Aviv about it. But not Israeli. Not necessarily Israeli, but you know, it's, how do you say, we're connected. So, yeah, yeah. so you can't really, and in particular on the on the global scheme of things, you can't really mm-hmm. be Tel Avivian and not be Israeli. So obviously, it's, it's Tel Aviv means Israeli. But for me, I like to dive deep into what Tel Aviv is for me. And for me, Tel Aviv is eccentric, it's eclectic, it is uh, surreal in some in some ways. And so, whatever we do on a, on a culinary. Uh, uh, with a culinary perspective, but not only, also with a cultural view. We try to be as local and as seasonal as we can, uh, but, more, but more than anything, we try to be multi-layered and uh, multi-sensory and try to uh, make things as experiential as, for us, Tel Aviv is. And so, for me, that is uh, the essence of, of, of Tel Aviv in my creation. And now that you have Bellboy Berlin and you're talking about opening other locations, then what does that mean? Do you fit the cocktail bar to the location? Do you bring elements of Bellboy Tel Aviv and of your other locations to your more global locations? What does it mean when it comes to the actual cocktail, that, that the cocktails that are being served to your guests, to your customers? So when we first opened Bellboy, the, the vision was... We don't want it to, we don't want people to come in and have the experience and say, Oh, this reminds me of New York or wow, this is, uh, I feel like London. We wanted it to be unique. We wanted the experience to be unique on a global level. And I think we were successful in the sense that, you know, but we have following from around, you know, from around the world. We have people coming in and followers that, uh, that, uh, follow us on, on social media and otherwise. And wherever we go, we have, at the very least, we have a slight uh, foot in the door. And so with regards to where we go next, uh, we've, we've pinpointed a few cities uh, that we're looking at and we're entertaining deals there to, to create a bellboy um, operation in, in one of those cities in the, in the next year. And we're hoping to, to, to close uh, within the next couple months. But what we introduce is, yeah, we introduce our operation from Tel Aviv. Obviously, uh, we have the benefit of 
taking the time and, and understanding what we've done wrong and how to uh, maybe on a, uh, on a new, on a blank sheet, we would do things slightly different, but not, in, not completely different to the, to the extent of changing the concept. But we would just make the slight adjustment just like any, uh, I would say, clever businessman would do. And you've got the Israeli hospitality, I imagine. That's obviously the big piece of this, not just the cocktails. I think what we're famous for is, on one hand, uh, to create this high-end experience with the cocktails and with the food and with design and everything. But what makes it really unique is that we are so fun-loving and so close and so warm and so uh, uh, somewhat even silly about it. Serving drinks with rubber ducks and so on, right? Well, for example. But it's also the personal element, you know, and it's something that uh, is very hard to um, to bring across. And when you need to teach it, you know, to, to, to staff members and to um, other, you know, new people joining the team, uh, it's a major, uh, major part of what we do. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a key element of uh, our education system to, to our staff and to the, new, the newcomers, to our teams. Okay, now... You said you would make me a drink, correct? <laughs> Absolutely. And your favorite drink of late is? Well, recently I like Boulevardier, which is kind of a, uh, I would say, a whiskey Negroni. Okay. Sounds good to me. Yep. Okay. So I think we're going to go step behind the bar over here and we're going to make the drink. I got married this Monday in the middle of a war. You are not a soldier anymore. You are 50 years old. What is the matter with you? It's like a couple of kilometers from here. Like, my friend has a 4x4. Let's just go cut across the fields and go get him. Israel Stories, Wartime Diaries. Voices that try to capture slivers of life right now. And he told me, take with you a sleeping bag and a tent (laughs) and just go. I texted him, like, after I was told that he was killed. From their eyes, I was a traitor. Everybody needs their, like, blankie their teddy bear, something to make them feel safe. I'm just another grandfather looking after his grandchild while his son is off at war. These children of Hamas now will be the killer of my children. I desperately wanted to talk about sex during my eulogy for Ido. Everyone has to choose to be optimistic because we don't have room for pessimism. Check out Israel's story wherever you get your podcasts. We pre-batch the Boulevardier in the samovar. And so, as I said, the, the blend that I was discussing, you would get it inside here. And I would add ice to my cocktail shaker. Mamash throwing it, throwing it back and forth, tossing it from shaker to shaker in the air, liquid flying through the air. So this would introduce air. To the drink. How many times do you do that? Um, for about 30 seconds. 
Are you counting? Yes. That goes on for a while. So the drink is, the drink gets foamy. Yeah. Just a chocolate, bitter chocolate diamond. And you place it on the bottom of the glass. It it would give you a, a small a small hit, but then imagine what happens as you reach the end and the final sip, and then you take with the final sip you take that uh, chocolate diamond, and it's the best best finish to a cocktail ever. Ariel, thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you very much, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Times Will Tell from the Times of Israel. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein. Please subscribe wherever you find your podcast and check out our daily briefing news show every Sunday through Thursday. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next week. Shalom. Shalom.